Podcast Studios. This is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. Hey, there's paper here, by the way. Didn't you say we ran out of paper? Oh, we did. You know what? And it's funny because I did see that stack of paper there and I had no idea that it was sitting in front of us the whole time. (laughs) It's here the whole time. I don't know why there's printer paper in here. I think, you know why? Actually, I do. I know why. I think that Joey, uh, one of our uh, colleagues, uses it as a prop up for his phone so he can take selfies and videos. I'm not kidding. I think that's what it's for. Why else would anyone need printer paper in here? There's no printer in here. That makes sense. Right? It does. Yeah. It's amazing the lengths people will go to to get a good selfie. You know, I mean, they're buying <laughs> shit. They're setting stuff up. They're MacGyvering things that are like hanging off of a, their deck and all sorts of shit. I don't want to buy a $15 holder from Wish. I'm going <laughs> to fuck it. I'm going to use printer paper. Coming up, we're going to talk about the things that drive you absolutely insane at work. The things that are out of your control, all to do with other people that make you wish you didn't have to go there every day. Okay. I want to think about my list too. my ultimate like top three. Did you uh, see this story at a Wasega Beach from the weekend? You know what? Not until you told me. I had no idea this happened. And, and I, you know what? The world would be better if this didn't happen. But here we are. I just don't know. When, when you're going on a, a bender, for example, if you're just going to, you know what? I'm going to get loaded. And, and you just keep drinking and drinking and drinking. And every drink piles on until it gets worse and worse and worse. That's kind of like what happened with this girl here. 21-year-old girl at a Collingwood. Arrested in Wasaga Beach on Sunday. She crashed her car into a business on Mosley Street. Now, most people, if they crashed their car into a business, would be like, oh, fuck. All right. I I better call the insurance company and wait for the cops. Nope. She jumped out of the car and fled. So police came in, did a little look around, didn't see her. So they said, all right, call in the dogs. So they had to bring in the canine unit to track down this girl who crashed her car into a building. The dog did what dogs do. Found the girl. Good puppy. So first, she was charged with impaired driving. And she was charged with dangerous driving. And she was driving with a suspended license. Oh, come on, eh? That's like the trifecta, right? 21, too. Like, get your shit together. 21 with a suspended license and then charged with dangerous driving and impaired driving. Yikes. The car was stolen. So that was a whole ton more charges. Then she assaulted two cops and resisted arrest. Wow. Nine criminal charges. She goes to court June 28th. What brought this on? This wasn't just a bad day that got worse by one bad decision. This was like a collection of events. Or, and hear me out on this, I'm going to suggest maybe drugs were involved it could have been could have been possible i know when you hear stories like that that for me that's just so outside my realm of understanding what the fuck happened there it's just sad you know you go to wasega beach for example come from collingwood go to wasega beach maybe you're there to meet up with friends or family it shouldn't ever go that way like what were you doing why were you driving by yourself why were you drunk why did you decide to flee after you crashed into a business so many questions and and so young so so st- what a dumb thing to do. How do you have a suspended license at 21? Yeah, like congratulations. Like you're a loser way ahead of most people who with stories we have just like this. Usually it's like at least a middle-aged person that's, you know, seen a lot of shit. How much shit have you seen? What's happening here? What are you doing? <laughs> What's your excuse? There is none. Canada's backlog of Nexus applications cat has ballooned. 
This is part of a bigger thing. We talked about the delays at the airport yeah. and, and the government blames us. You know, we're shit at, at traveling and we forgot what to do and what paperwork we needed. They, they say it's on us. They won't acknowledge that, yeah, we did lose some staff and they've redirected an epic amount of staff out of the regular areas to go into COVID hall because the federal liberal party is, I think, the only ones in the country that think this is still going on. Mm -hmm. Well, now we're finding out even more about how bad it is. The backlog of Nexus applications is 295,000. There's over a quarter of a million backlog in Nexus applications. And that's despite the fact that they've had lower than normal applications come in. Wow. So here's what the U.S. says, because people are looking around saying, where's my fucking Nexus card? I applied for it. I paid for it. Let's go. The U.S. Customs and Border Protection reopened the Nexus Enrollment Center for applicant interviews back on April the 19th. But they say discussions are still ongoing with Canada Border Services Agency about when Canada is going to reopen our centers. In order to get a Nexus card, you need to be risk assessed by U.S. Customs and and Canada Border Services Agency. So who's the one that actually has to approve opening? Is it actually somebody at Border Services or is this a federal government situation? It's 100% the federal government. They're in charge. I just don't understand how we got to this point. I mean, this is the end of May 2022 That office has been closed since March 2020. At what point are employers going to stand up and say either you're a permanent work from home or get your ass back to the office and get this shit reopened? We're paying an astronomical amount of taxes for the privilege of living in this great country and shit like this is going on. They still haven't told the civil servants it's time to come back to work. And if we haven't even opened those offices, how many other offices aren't open? Is it possible that the backlog in passport processing is because there's still people that aren't back to work Mm -hmm. that are getting paid a full time salary? Why has the government not been able to get control of this situation and get people back to work? Well, and it's almost it is like a business in a way, too. I mean, that equals money. All those all the Nexus applications. Do you get money when you apply? Is that why? So technically speaking, they've already made the money. It's just about releasing the cards. They've got to get on it and process it and stuff like that. So get your shit together and do it. Like It's money in your pocket. Well, you know, it's funny because I I really did like Omar Al-Gabra, our our federal transportation minister, because he did some nice stuff a couple of months ago during COVID, you know, trying to create some hope. And he seemed like a good guy. But I'm really starting to think that he's completely incompetent at his job. I mean, we've got insane, astronomical delays at the airport. We've got a major backlog in processing passports and now apparently a massive backlog, even bigger with the Nexus cards. We still have mandates in place. You can't travel this country unless you're fully vaxxed. Just yesterday, they held a vote in the House of Commons on it and the liberals and NDP voted to keep the mandates in place and keep restricting Canadians. It's fucking crazy, Kat. But yesterday, Omar Al-Gabra did do a media availability at the House of Commons, here's a little bit of what he had to say. Okay, sure. Thank you. Uh, look, we, we've seen over the last couple of years um, that COVID has had a massive impact on everything in society and across all sectors of our economy. It certainly had a, 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 a serious impact on uh, the aviation sector, 
we are now recovering from that. It's great news that more and more Canadians wanting to travel. We're seeing imbalance and surge in demand. Um, not only in Canada, by the way, we're seeing this phenomenon across the world. I just read a report today that at the Dublin airport, 1,000 passenger yesterday missed their flights in Dublin, in Amsterdam, in Paris. I, and I don't say this to, uh, uh, to, to promote complacency. I say this to, I owe it to Canadians and those who work in the sector to really understand what's happening. So what we're seeing is significant surge in demand and supply is catching up to it. So we're seeing it even at, at airports, we're seeing it with taxi drivers, we're seeing it with airline service, we're seeing it with uh, uh, luggage handling. So what, we're, what we've done right now, we're adding resources. So for example, for CATSA, uh, which is a security agency, we've added 400 people and now they're at various levels of training. Uh, I visited a, a, a one of their classes this morning at the Ottawa airport. We've also established working groups that brings together CBSA, CATSA, PHAT, public health, airports, airlines, to go over some of the potential bottlenecks and how we can uh, mitigate them and how we can fix them. Here's a simple solution. Drop the goddamn mandates. There's no reason for them anymore. Life has resumed as normal. People have options. They can wear masks if they want. There's very questionable research on the vaccines themselves and how effective they are even after a few months. There's no need to have this shit in effect. There's no need to have our our nexus enrollment centers closed like we're in some sort of a state of emergency. That's not necessary, Omar. Do your job properly and don't lie to people when you say something like i want to give canadians the real story so they understand what's going on i have no doubt that what he said is true but you're omitting a major detail your own government is part of the problem it's a massive part of the problem cut the shit let's get back to normal and if we're not going to get back to normal stop avoiding it Everybody knows what's going on here. You just won't actually say the words. When there's a vote in the House of Commons, if you really don't want the mandates lifted, stand up and be proud. Say, no, fuck it. We believe in these and this is the way it's going to be. Don't hide and, and try and dance around it because you know it's not popular. You know nobody agrees with you except for the 15 people that still watch the, <laughs> the daily COVID numbers. Stop the shit and get people back to normal. They just want their lives back. Let's fucking go. Yeah, I can't, under- I can't understand why it's taken this long. I really can't. I was shocked when I found out our Nexus enrollment centers are still closed. Why? Yeah. Open them. Uh- and, yeah. and stop the capacity shit at the, the passport office. Open that wide up, too. Enough's enough. It's been over two years, and you people are still acting like it's March 2020. Enough. Move on. It's over. Go play with your guns or whatever other legislation you guys want to bring in. Fuck this mandate stuff. Enough's enough. Stop lying. Start telling the truth. Jesus crazy that Canadians are restricted in their (laughs) own country. I just, I don't understand it. But uh, hey, to compound what's already happening and and to make things even worse for people uh, that are just trying to live their life, tomorrow, the Bank of Canada is going to raise interest rates another half point. Uh, The person who sent me the math on this this morning was very helpful. Uh, Somebody worked it out, and I believe they said that if you are at a 1.9% variable rate mortgage, 
with a half a million dollar mortgage, your payment's going up $122 a month as of tomorrow. That's a decent amount for a lot of families. I think that's uh, optimistic that there's people out there that majority of people would have a $500,000 mortgage the way rates have gone lately. I have to think it's probably a little more than a half a million. Sure. Absolutely. So that's going to be a major hit. Yeah. On top of everything else, now you're going to take a couple hundred bucks a month more out of people's pockets. Mm. Nobody is doing anything. And, you know, it's funny because when all of our problems were centered at Queens Park, people were all over it. Ah, fucking Doug Ford, blah, blah, blah. Now the vast majority of our problems reside in Ottawa and nobody is holding this government to account. It's so frustrating. Somebody does have to step in and deal with the Fed. I know Pierre Polyev said that he would fire the head of uh, Canada's central bank and the opposition was all over him. How dare you interfere? Maybe it's time to consider the possibility that somebody needs to interfere because we're talking about extremely wealthy people that control the Bank of Canada. Coming off of news that RBC and CIBC had record revenues for the last quarter. And now they're going to raise interest rates even more. Another half point. Maybe these millionaires don't understand the value of $100, but $100 goes a long way for a lot of people. Sometimes no. that's, that's the difference. That's the thing is, that is the difference because they don't understand that. I don't like, what did you, what are you going to claim that? Oh, it, it'll be fine. Most people will be just take, you know, little bits off of something else. No, that's not how it works. So many people are, are struggling. It sucks. It really sucks. Last thing I'll mention on this is, and it's the story of the day, really yesterday, the uh, federal government, <clears throat> I think they've decided against banning handguns. I think they were basically advised, yeah, that handgun ban that you tried to pass off to the municipalities, and then you said maybe the provinces could do it, and then you realized it's actually your jurisdiction. Uh, they're not actually banning handguns now. What they're going to do is make it impossible to get them unless you're a gangsta or you buy it on the black market, which is where most of the illegal guns come from anyway. The new law will read... A handgun cannot be bought, sold, traded, or imported into Canada. So the only way, if you don't already have a handgun, that you're going to get a handgun is to get it willed to you. Interesting. Nearest I can tell, unless there's another loophole that I haven't thought of. I mean, this again is, it's just placating us. Oh, 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 we've got a problem. We have a problem. Oh, shit. No, that's not our problem. That's America's problem. Right. Okay. Well, let's go. Here's Canada trying to solve America's gun problem, but only doing it in Canada. I don't believe for a second that they wrote that legislation in three days. Not for a second do I believe they did This was already in the works? Is that what you think? Or Well, let me tell you how it looks, and I'll let people form their own opinion. To draft legislation like this is an in-depth process. Now, you could think... It's an incredible coincidence that a week after the shooting in Buffalo and mere days after the school shooting in Texas, this was ready. Or they've had it ready for a while and they were waiting Waiting on something for a good excuse to come out of Canada or America that they can go to the public with and say, we need this. Do we need this? Uh, This isn't going to be a popular opinion, but parts of it I think we do need. Some of the things that they proposed yesterday are good common sense things. They will take away gun licenses from people involved in acts of domestic violence or criminal harassment, such as stalking. If somebody uh, gets into an altercation with their spouse, 
Do they lose their guns forever? Is it just the accusation? Or do we go on the result after it's been through the court system? That I'm not clear on. Sometimes, by the way, history doesn't matter. There's a lot of people who maybe don't or or get away with it and they're still going to be able to to get it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, there's going to be people who figure out loopholes and ways to get around yeah, the system. Yeah, you, you go through the cracks, you find your way through, and that's fine. Anyone who really, really wants to get one or tries hard enough may. Hopefully they're dumb enough, right? And they get caught before they, before they get it. That's what I, the hope is, I think. Yeah, I mean, all the other things that we have are still in place. You've still got to take the course. You've still got to have a guarantor. Yeah. You've still got to have your spouse agree to it. You've still got to get approved and go through the this, that, and the other thing. All the hoops but you'll only be able to get a long gun. Uh, Part of the problem with banning handguns is bad people who want guns are going to get their guns. Make no mistake, they will get the guns. So it'll be a combination of continuing to import them from the U.S. and they'll be taking some of the long guns and cutting the barrel off. And that's something we don't want. Right. I, I wonder how much undercover goes into, I assume, I assume a lot. I know a bit about undercover in terms of drug activity because I do have a relative that did it for many, many years and still gets called upon to help out and assist in undercover work. How much is happening with that? You know, I would love to know how many, how many people are out there doing the undercover work because that's all it really takes, honestly. Get someone involved figure out where it's coming from and you could probably block a lot of that shit from happening. But I I don't know. I assume that there's a lot of it. Well, I I do still think that, and and it's almost getting cliche now because it's been used so many times in the argument, but banning guns was not the solution. Punishing legal law abiding, fully vetted and approved gun owners in Canada is not going to solve the problem. This is just a, a play that Trudeau is making to make it seem like he's doing something. In reality, this will not change anything. And But though, I said at the beginning of this, I'll give some credit here. I do think the domestic violence and harassment part, yeah, there's pieces to that that I think have a lot of merit. That's probably something that's common sense. We should look into it more, at least give us the full details. But this whole can't be bought, sold, traded, or imported thing it's not right and it's not going to solve the actual problem. The problem is at the border. The problem is gangbangers and and these guns getting over into Canada from places that they are legal. And it, it's not right to ban it on legal people but leave the criminals very, very well armed. I don't know what the end game is here, but uh, pieces of this, sure. Other pieces, Silly. And like I said, it's not going to solve the problem. Uh, Let's talk about work for a second here. Cat, everybody goes to a job. Most people go to a job. Unless you work for Nexus. Well, this is true, too. (laughs) Or the federal government. (laughs) So you go to... Uh, You go to that place every day Mm -hmm. and every couple of weeks, they'll throw you some money for doing it. And they expect you to do a few things while you're there. And that's all well and good. But occasionally, things will piss you off when you're there. Could be coworkers. Could be an attitude. It could be a smell. It could be a look. It could be a number of things. And businesses have a vested interest in making sure that they remove any barriers from making you happy at work because they have a real retention problem right now. It's easy for somebody in specific fields to say, you know what? I don't like the color of the walls here. Fuck it. I'm going to go work for the competition. (laughs) Yeah, it's giving me headaches. I'm out of here. And they can get away with it because it's definitely an employee's market. Employers are struggling to keep people. Mm -hmm. 
So they did a pretty in-depth survey asking people about what is it that makes you snap? What is it that when this happens, it just drives you batshit crazy and then you start thinking, screw this place. (laughs) I've got a top 30 here and I'm going to cherry pick a few of them that I think are particularly relevant. All right. We can all think of our own too. Let's see if they're on the list. Number one is unreasonable colleagues. Okay. That's, yeah. I mean, people in general and maybe particularly there's a few that stand out when it comes to the people you work with or around or share an office with or a building with in general people make a difference absolutely you know you could love your job but hate the people around you and still want to leave which is unfortunate a big workload mm, yeah mm-hmm. when you get up in the morning and you know you've got a lot to do at work yeah it makes it a lot harder to get excited about going into work sometimes yeah, doesn't it Yeah, absolutely and some people have that daily you know some people feel that way on a daily basis it's not just like oh it's t-. for example accountants hey it's tax season right this is my busy time but when you have that heavy load on your shoulders hey here it is and it keeps piling up piling up daily oh yeah that's a lot what do you think it's uh it's like in december when you're a delivery driver for amazon yeah that's the thing and some people love that about their careers too like some people will love that there is a busy time because and then there's a lull time and they at least they know in advance but when you're handed shit so much of it every day yeah i could see that being a little a little much one of the things i love about this list is some of them are real serious things and some of them are real trivial things like number three when your computer decides to do an update at the worst time that happens. They can set that, right? Like, I don't understand why every office doesn't just say, hey, if you want to download those critical updates, you do that after hours. So when you come in in the morning, at the absolute most, you might have to reboot or mm-hmm. re-log in. Downloading a critical update when you're in the middle of putting together a PowerPoint presentation or something? No! <laughs> Had enough. That would be, that would suck. I mean, I've lost things before when the computer randomly restarted. I know you have too. Imagine that daily. Number, number four is when the printer's not working. Okay. Hey, if you've got to print something, you've got to print something. Yeah. I've, I almost lost my mind a couple of weeks ago when I couldn't find paper. Well, that's how we started off the show. For those wondering what we, why we started talking about paper. But I didn't know that it needed paper at the time. It just said the printer is offline and not working. And I was ready to throw the fucking thing out the window. Like, Kat, give me a hand here to lift this up on the ledge. <laughs> got to get this it, out of it's here. It's going out to the parking lot right now. Yeah, I mean, that's a... I was only mad for a couple of minutes, but I finally did find the paper slot and boom, sure enough, the problem was fixed. <laughs> Great. Technology generally, though, I find there's a few on the list so far. Let's see how many more we can find here. Inappropriate work conversations was number five. Oh, yeah. You know, that's irritating. That can get irritating, especially this, there's certain people that are more maybe more inappropriate than others, you know, and you're just like, oh, what is this person? And they're walking towards you, you know, in the office, like, and you just know whatever they have to say, you're going to not like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, inappropriate is very subjective, though. What's okay to say to some employees, it's not okay to say to others. I can have certain conversations with you that I would not have sure. with other people around Yeah, you. yeah. Some people don't, but the, and some people can't gauge their audience. They don't understand their audience. They can't read a room. Dirty toilets in the bathroom. Oh, gross. I'm going to say dirty anything in the bathroom. I want a spick and span, clean and clean smelling facility to do my business. I don't want a dirty bathroom in any way, shape, or form. You know what? I would even like roll that into the office itself. 
Like if you have management or or um, somebody who's in charge of the office of organizing things, could I would lose my mind. It's like seeing things around boxes. It bugs me. If I'm walking through a hallway and there's just boxes everywhere and shit everywhere that hasn't been touched in months, like who's in charge of cleaning this up? Clean the shit up. Don't they always say, and isn't it the truth in your own home too? When your house is clean, you just feel like organized in your mind. So if I'm around like a really crazy, busy, dirty workplace, I lose my mind. I can't even work there. I'd rather take my shit home. Talking about the things that just make you lose it at work. Clients. Customers. Generally clients, customers. (laughs) Customers, yeah. When people walk in and then you have to do stuff. I, I can relate to that back when I used to do retail. Absolutely. Yeah. You're having yourself a great day at the office and then, ah, fucking customer comes in and kills your vibe. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it depends. On, I suppose it depends on if you're in, if you own the place, you, you're, you welcome it a little bit more maybe. But if you're just working there and you're getting paid the same amount and you're just chilling and then someone comes in and you're like, oh, I guess I have to do my job. <laughs> that, that, okay. That, now that, that shouldn't be a deal breaker. That is what you signed up for. But all right. Colleagues that are online shopping or taking personal calls when you're really busy. Yeah. Personal calls. Yeah. Why do why do so many people have to take such personal calls on speaker too? Oh, I never why understood is that? that. I've I've had that before and it's really awkward. Like I feel like I'm involved in their conversation or their argument in some cases. When someone gets <laughs> sorry, when you get to work. And all the good parking spaces are taken. Oh, yeah. That bloody pisses me off. I'm going to tell you guys something. Try doing the morning shift because all the good spaces are available. Yeah. And and you have your spot, right? Like I have my spot. You have your spot. If I come in and sometimes the station vehicle or someone who's randomly there in the middle of the night or maybe leaves their car there, let's say, parks in my spot and throws off my whole morning. I'm like, but, th- but that's my spot. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what are you doing there? Still talking about the things that drive you nuts at work? Climate control. Oh, okay. It's too hot or it's too cold. Okay, yes. Nobody can agree on this, eh? No. Like, nobody can figure out the perfect temperature where someone's not going to complain. 72 is fine. Leave it. Yeah, just leave it, right? Like, let's come with it up with a nice meat. And if you're cold, bring your sweater to work. And if you're hot, take your sweater off. <laughs> Colleagues not recycling properly. You ever seen that? When somebody yeah. takes like a fucking paper towel and yeah. throws it in the recycling bin or they take a can and throw it in the garbage. Rude. So bad. Uh, typical stuff that always comes up. Smelly lunches. Mm-hmm. Okay. S- smokers getting more cigarette breaks than anybody else. Yeah. I mean, that's frustrating. If you're a non-smoker and you see the smokers get a break every hour for like 10, 15 minutes, you're probably asking, why are they getting rewarded for this? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yeah. I hear it all the time. Uh, No rooms being available for a meeting. I don't know if that would ruin my day. I think that's specific to a certain atmosphere or certain work settings. But either way, yeah, I guess if you need to have a meeting and they're all taken, that would suck. It's not even. Maybe next time you'll sign out the meeting room. (laughs) That's the thing is, it's not even an issue now, really. Like if you and I wanted to have a meeting right now in one of those rooms, it's fine. There's like six available. It's crazy. But pre-COVID, I remember even at the last place, I remember like using the room and then like the person, the receptionist is like, did you book this? I'm like, does anyone else need it? Like, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> why are you going to book it? It's fine. But nobody else needs it at this time. Uh, okay. So here's the scenario. You are hungry and you've got a craving for a Whopper. 
That's what happened last Friday. Guy went through the drive-thru at Burger King. Nobody answered at the speaker. And every now and again, that does happen. And I always wonder, huh, is the speaker not working or are they closed? (laughs) Or is everything working fine and they just don't know that I'm here? Should I honk? Should I just drive up to the window? (laughs) I never know what the etiquette is in that situation. You feel like an asshole either way. Like I've done it before. I'm just like, hello? 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 And then you wait patiently. So then sometimes I'll turn the music up in my car. Like just open like, (laughs) well, maybe that'll trigger you. Like someone's here. Or like reverse and move back up again. Like, is there like an underground bell? (laughs) What's happening? Hello? When when you pull in at the oil change place, right? Or at the gas station or something. Yeah, like ding, ding. Is there like a bell I missed? (laughs) A guy uh, went through the Burger King drive-thru. This was near Pittsburgh on Friday. No one answered at the speaker. So he parked his car and he went inside. He even opened the door into the kitchen area. No one to be found. Oh, no. The whole place was completely empty in the middle of a Friday afternoon. So a local news outlet caught wind of it. They say only one person showed up for work that day. When they saw that they were going to have to work Burger King alone for the entire day. That sounds terrible. They quit on the spot and walked out the door without locking it. Oh, no. So this restaurant was open. Kitchen open. Registers, they were closed, but they were there. Money in the place. And it was wide open, empty. A manager eventually showed up and locked the place up until it could be restaffed. So this news outlet also reached out to Burger King. They're downplaying the problem. They say the shift leader had to leave due to a family emergency and sent the rest of the team home. The door was inadvertently left unlocked. First off, who do you believe here? No. I don't believe Burger King at all. No. And I don't want to disrespect the king, but that doesn't sound like a truthful story. No, I don't I don't trust I don't trust that at all. That's obviously a franchise owner trying to cover their butts and the employees not happy. And we've heard of this before. We've heard of people doing walkouts, for example, at a franchise of any uh, of anything, right? Sure. So it wouldn't be the first time something like that happened. Uh, they can't keep their employees for some reason. And what's a good way to make yourself look better? Just claim that there was a family emergency. You're telling me one team member, even if it was a manager, had a family emergency and sent everybody home. Like, imagine I'm like, I'm not feeling well. Scott, go home. You go home. Everybody go home. Really? You couldn't call somebody in to do it? Or the manager themselves who came to lock the door after the situation couldn't step up. Isn't that the point of what you do? Yeah, I would have thought the shift team leader would have delegated out shift team leader to somebody else there and gone and dealt with their family emergency. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. A local official says it's a sign of the times that a lot of people left the workforce during the pandemic and businesses are still trying to adapt to less staff being available. Uh, here's the guy talking about his experience. Showed up to this Burger King on Noblestown Road, and there is nobody in here. Nobody in here. Went to the drive-through, nothing. Anybody here? Hello. <laughs> Hello. Just want a Whopper, please. That's so strange. So strange. What is the etiquette? If I walk into a restaurant and that happens to me, do I phone somebody or do yeah. I just leave? Do I make my burger? I mean, I know what goes on a Whopper. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't touch anything. I'd probably just call, like, the police, not the emergency line, but I'd call the police locally, and I'd be like, look, I don't know what's going on, but 
It's not my job to inform the people who own it and, and trying to figure out who owns it. That sounds terrible. So could, why don't you just have a, like a cop come by and figure out what's happening? Because this door is unlocked. Cat large-scale Canada Day celebrations are back in Ottawa this July 1st. They now say most of the action will take place west of Parliament Hill. There will be daytime and evening shows scheduled for Le Breton Flats Park, which will include fireworks. So we're still not back to normal Canada Day on the Hill, but there is going to be something if you want to go to the nation's capital to celebrate Canada's birthday. The event will include a lineup of musicians, including Chantel Kreviezik. Okay, very Canadian, yeah. Walk Off the Earth. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. DJ Shub. Alrighty. And Charlotte Carden. Okay, cool. Have you ever noticed that all these Canada Day things always seem to involve the usual suspects? The Chantel Kreviezik's, the Walk oh. Off the Earth's. Like, how can we never get Canada Day with Justin Bieber or The Weeknd or Shawn Mendes or any of the it's big not, superstars today? Because it's not in the budget. It's not in the budget. We don't have a budget. We spend money on dumb things all the time. Yeah. I would think a free show for 50,000 people at the Capitol on Canada Day would be a good investment. Do they just not want to pay? Or, I don't know, I mean, radio's not allowed to consider Justin Bieber and The Weeknd Canadian. In all cases, does Parliament not recognize them as Canadian? I just think we could do a lot more to making this a better party if we use some um, more contemporary acts. You know, like good for Chantel, though, as a good example. And there's a few. You could have said Feist. You could have said many other acts. Oh, yeah. Uh, hey, Tom Cochran's coming back. You Rawr. could have said like Tea Party and shit. Like, oh, yeah. you, you could have named a bunch of ones. And I'd say, you know, good for them because they continue to make money, They, you know, doing these kinds of shows. They do. Good on you. But there's so many little city events that are happening all across Canada that are all fighting over this this talent pool to try and hire people. And I would think that for the national celebration, we would go big. I mean, it should make the Junos look small when we do Canada Day in Ottawa. I, I just thought that they would uh, dig a little deeper into the pockets. And you know what? Maybe it would be a good idea to do a free Justin Bieber show or the weekend show. Why don't you guys hire Drake? Why don't you guys spend oh the money and get one of these shows going? You know how much shit they get in if they spent money, if they spent like, which I'm assuming would be close, more than a million dollars for either, of those, like some of those people that you named. People would shit all over them if we spent two million dollars, even though in hindsight, you're right. They spend money on stupid shit. But especially the older folk, no offense, older folk, but uh, they well, would- they should be at home with worrying about COVID. <laughs> That's what they should do. But you know that, though. People would go ape shit like. We spent this much on an artist for a concert? That's fucking crazy. Well, I don't think Chantel Kreviezik's working for free. I mean, is it better value uh, to pay $2 million to Drake or to pay a hundred grand to Chantel? But don't think of, think about it this way, too, though. Do they want that many people there? Oh, maybe that's y- You it. know what I mean? Like, if you really do think about it, though, it's already pretty crazy over there anyway. Like, do you really want to tell everybody that Drake's going to play a free show? That sounds like trouble. That sounds like a headline the next day that you don't even want to be reading. Why don't we just do like Canada Day Veld or something? Get get Dead Mouse and Loud Luxury performing. Yeah. You know, like Manzone and Strong. Yeah, Anything. Sure. Just make uh. it a party. Let's do it. Did you know, by the way, that there is a Mountain Dew outpost in the backwoods of Tennessee? <laughs> I did not know that. 
Backwoods, Tennessee sounds like I, a fascinating place. I just think of swamp water when you said that. I don't even know why. Mountain Dew apparently uses this new outpost to test out new flavors. And they've leaked a couple of the new concoctions that they're ready to roll out, Cat, Okay. <laughs> introducing Mountain Dew pickle flavor. Get the fuck out of here. Are you ready to do that, Dew? <laughs> <laughs> is it, wait, is it, so is it carbonated? It's just like Mountain Dew, but with a pickle oh, flavor to it. You know, I like pickles. I like pickles a lot. I like, pi- like pickle juice in my Caesar, for example. Fine. Don't hate on pickles. They're great. Pick- pickle Mountain Dew. Yeah. I don't see anybody finishing a can of that. They say it is the perfect sweet and sour complement to Southern barbecue. Okay. I just... uh I mean, if you reach for a Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew itself is great. They got a little weird with all the different stuff they tried. Like they had their code red and stuff like that, that apparently will make like your dick hard and your head blow off your shoulders. Like it, <laughs> it, it really just gets everything in you flowing. Uh. It, it's there was that. Well, once we get into the flavored stuff, I don't know. Uh, the other flavors they're testing right now are apple cinnamon. Okay. Oh, why? I feel like that would be I amazing don't... for a swig. And then after that, you wouldn't oh, want any more. Yeah. Like it. Elderberry, which is one of the okay. most underused berries, by the way. I don't know if that means it has any nutrients, but elderberries are filled with great nutritional value. Huckleberry and s'mores. Who wants a s'mores Mountain Dew? Is it like a like a crisp like you know a s'mores that's been like all over the fire for a while, or is it like I don't get it? If it crunches, I'm out. <laughs> No, like let's not. <laughs> I don't. I, I. I guess it's just the general overall flavor of Mountain Dew. Okay. Or, or of s'mores. Okay. Sorry, in Mountain Dew form. I just. Uh, hey, you got to reinvent yourself when you're in business, and when you think you've cornered the market on on pop, reinvent yourself and bring out something new. I love the spirit. I just think we're going down a dangerous road. Elderberry and Huckleberry Mountain Dew. Fine. S'mores, now you're crossing into dessert territory. Oh, it's gross, right? Oh, speaking of which, I put out a tweet yesterday because I was so fucking happy. I consider this, this hot weather that we're having, and hear me out on this, I consider it iced coffee season. Sure. It's never been called that, but we have this whole season around pumpkin spice latte. Everybody knows it's basically a national holiday when Starbucks makes the revelation of what date the PSL is coming back. Well, if they can steal the fall with their pumpkin spice latte, I think we should uh, really celebrate the iced coffee season right at the end of May. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I love me an iced coffee. You gave me a mod that is so much better for the McDonald's one. It's, it was you that told me to replace the whole milk with just regular milk? Well, yeah. I mean, you can you can do what you want. Take away the base, though. And Tim's is the same, by the way. If you get iced coffee at Tim's, it's sweet, right? That's what kind of brings you back. They, they put a lot of sugar in that base. That base is basically like double-double base. So if you're not used to that much sugar and you want to be able to drink it regularly, that's usually what I say. I say, take that base out of there and then modify it the way you like it. And instead of maybe you're not into sugar, but you still want it sweet. Okay. Then replace it with, I mean, if you're lucky enough at like Starbucks, for example, they have stevia and things like that. I'm not a big fan of any of the other, you know, switch switch outs to sugar. You know what I mean? The sweeteners and stuff. Not my thing, but you can bring your own or whatever. But yeah, I modify mine. I do it all the time. McDonald's has Splenda. Is that good? Splenda. I mean, my opinion, no. I don't like any artificial sweeteners. Stevia is a natural a- extract. I don't, I don't believe Splenda is. I'd have to look into that, Splenda specifically, and what it is, because I don't know. Well, I'm officially declaring this 
Starbucks, iced coffee season. Welcome to what I think is the greatest coffee season there is. A close second to roll up the rim to win. And <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm uh, I'm into it. So ever since you gave me that modification, I like it a lot. Uh, but they wh- don't like it. Just to be just so to be clear, they hate it. But go ahead and modify it. It's fine. Well, back to the list of stuff that pisses you off at work. I'm sure that's one of them. <laughs> that is would be. when you've created a perfectly good dish and it's great as is. But then somebody wants to modify it. If I were the the person who invented the quarter pounder. I could be pretty proud of the fact that here's a burger that millions of people love and then probably lose my shit every time somebody's like, yeah, no ketchup, but I want you to add mayo yeah. and uh, no lettuce, but I want you to add like hot peppers. No, fuck off. I brought my own sauce to put on it. <laughs> yeah, no, you want it. Here it is. If you don't like it, order something else or go somewhere else. Now that's what we do, though. We modify. I don't understand why. I mean, you went there because it's that good. Not because you think you can do it better. If you could do it better, cook it at home. No, that's the thing is you go there because you're too lazy. That's well, the there's truth. that too. That's the truth, right? No, you're absolutely right. Um, I do like the prices that are happening in the summertime. I, I'm into the iced coffee again because, <laughs> well, McDonald's has their iced coffee on their, their value menu. So yeah. it's a, a buck for, for like an iced tea or a pop or something. It's a buck for a medium iced coffee. And then they've got their smoothies for two bucks. Okay, that's a great option. Skip on over to Burger King. They've got the soft serve cones for a dollar now. Right. I like that they haven't jacked that price, by the way. Yeah. A lot of those like dollar cones or some some of them are 150. Is it McDonald's 150 or something with the shitty little cone? Yeah, I don't Is like it, the McDonald's. Their ice cream machines never work. It anyway. doesn't work. It, but I like that they haven't changed the prices on some of them because it is nice to just get something small, you know, even if it's just like, oh, here's a treat, kids. And so you're not breaking the bank and getting like a $9 blizzard or some shit. I still think the best deal going is Wendy's with the 99 cent Frosty. <gasps> that hasn't changed either? Nope. Good on you, Wendy's. It's a small, but it's still oh. only 99 cents. It's all you need. It's, it's like a, your midday ice cream. Yeah, it's all you need. When, when you go for your dessert ice cream, you go for a large Frosty. <laughs> right. Middle of the day, a small is just fine. Just something to dip your fries in, right, everybody? Oh, I hate that you do that. I Sweet hate. and salty. Mm-hmm. Finally, it's an old school term. But it's in the news today. Night owl. Would you say you're a night owl <laughs> or an early bird? Oh, God, no. Um, for, mainly because of what I do for a living, but probably part of my personality as well is I'm definitely an early bird. Me too. I love getting up early, even on the weekends, on vacation. It shocks people that when I'm on vacation, I will still get up at, I don't know, 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. That's sleeping in for me. That's fine. I'm normally up at three thirty. That's the thing. People have a hard time understanding that. Like I'm ready to make plans. If it's like Saturday morning, even a weekend, I, I sleep longer than my kids in a lot of cases. This past weekend was the, similar. I was like, well, I'm up. Nobody else is. Great. I have a coffee. Relaxed by myself. Started getting the laundry done and cleaning and planning. A message like. Anybody else I know that I'm supposed to have plans with. And I'm like, hey, guys, what time are you going to do this? And I don't hear from them for three hours later. Like, were you awake? I'm like, Of course I was awake. Get your ass out of bed. So get this. Only 17% consider themselves an early bird. About the same amount say, mm, kind of an early bird. I'd like to see what time your alarm goes off if you think you're kind of an early bird. What about a night owl, though? Far more people. 28% say, yep, I'm a night owl. And 22% more say, I'm pretty sure I'm a night owl. Here's my question, because I'm in bed. 
the fuck are you guys doing at, at <laughs> two in the morning? I know. What, what are you doing up at two in the morning? There's nothing good on. Do, do you not have places yeah. to go or a, a, an internal clock that says... Maybe we should turn in yeah. for the night. I mean, work aside, right? Because we all know everyone's on different shifts and maybe you do shift work. Maybe you do, you know, early morning stuff like like we do. But e- either way, I mean, my husband's I would con- consider him a night owl, but he's an odd one where he'll still get up early and he won't complain. He could sleep for four or five hours. Though. He's one of these people. Like I can four, respect that. All he needs is four hours and he's happy. He doesn't complain. If I get like six hours instead of seven that I would like, I complain. I'd be like, oh, I'm tired. <laughs> but some people enjoy staying up late. What they do, that's a great question, Scott. I mean, I would also have no idea what fucking things you guys do so late. Nothing good happens late at night, really. Your mom has probably been telling you that all your life. Nothing good happens after midnight. Go home. Like, what are you doing? Go to bed. Like, so I know some people stay up and they, they play video games or I guess they're watching TV. Maybe you're watching sports. I don't even know. Like, that doesn't count, though. If you're watching your sports team, I don't consider that counting. But, like, purposely staying up, what are you doing? It just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, you're up at an unnatural hour fucking around, trying to find things to do to keep yourself busy? Like, why don't you just go to bed and get on the same plane as everybody else? <laughs> I know some people that will have sleep issues, though. And that's the reason why. And they just is what it is, right? Totally different. If you just totally plain, different. If you tried and can't sleep, I get it. And I actually feel really bad for Me you. Me too. If you suffer from insomnia, that's the, that is the worst. The worst. No, I mean the people who are fine, probably could go to bed at 11, but they think, Eh, it's too early to go to bed. I think I'll just, I don't know. Push themselves, right? I'm going to push. I'm going to get my phone out and and jump on MSN Messenger. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. MSN Messenger. You're going to go into Chatterbait and see what's happening. That's the thing is that used to be my life, but that's when like I was young. Like when I was younger, sure. In college, I remember absolutely staying up late just for the sake of staying up late. Like if my class didn't start till like 11 the next day, I'm like, great. What can I do? How can I spend these several hours awake? But now it's like that's the last thing I think of. Even if you told me you have nothing to do tomorrow, no responsibilities, I'm probably still going to be asleep at 10. Yeah, I'm out at 9. Even on weekends. If I'm up till 11 o'clock on a Saturday night. That's a big deal. I'm either out or loaded. Yeah. (laughs) There's really no gray area there. Actually, it's probably both. (laughs) Probably both. No, I mean, I I really like being able to be up around 6 a.m. I get a lot of stuff done. Before most people oh, wake yeah. up. And I it's love good. it. I like being an early bird, but good. As long as you're you're happy doing, whether you're a night owl or whether you're an early bird or maybe you're somewhere plotted in between that, as long as you feel accomplished and good, good with yourself, fine. Last thing we're going to do here, because it's all we have time for, and I'm probably going to let you take this story over. Cat's really good, especially at the beginning of a new month, which happens to be tomorrow. Throw our radio show on at 6.30, 7.30, 8.30 or 9.30. Cat always runs down. What's new on Netflix? And speaking of Netflix, they're ready to go with the Norm McDonald special. Yeah, it's there. You played a clip this morning. This is from the the Norm show, right? But he didn't actually tape this as a special. Like this was almost a rehearsal, right? This was a run through. Yeah, a run through. And you know what the coolest part is? Is they uh, Netflix had said they didn't have to do anything to it because this guy, the guy, was just so good at what he did. That there were no, because sometimes when they do rehearsals, right, they'll flub or something will happen and, and that happens. And then they're like, okay, hey, let's take it from this joke, right? Let's, no, I don't like, scratch that. I'm going to take it from that. Norm just did his set as is and, and was incredible. If you, I mean, it, it's, it's subjective, but if you like Norm McDonald, it's great. I love doing gigs and I miss it, you know, especially casinos. 
Those were my favorite gigs because I'm a degenerate gambler, as it turns out. <laughs> and I... <laughs> That's such a Norm McDonald bit. Okay, here it is. I think the casinos know that. Often they'll pay me in chips, which I find that's that's not nice. <laughs> so stupid. He seriously did have like a, I don't want to say a bit of a gambling problem. He's not joking. He did love the casinos and being paid in chips. He actually didn't mind. So what happens is at the so if you're going to watch the special, even if you're like not uh, you're like okay, I, I like it. It's fine, but I'm going to shut it off. Do yourself a favor and go to the very end of the special. At the toward the end of the special, what happens is he fades out. And it cuts to a bunch of people. It'll turn the camera turns and suddenly you see people watching that special and reacting to it. And when I say people, I mean the likes of uh, Dave Chappelle, of David Letterman, uh, David Spade, Molly Shannon and Adam Sandler. And then they continue to talk about Norm, how they felt about the set and tell some pretty great stories, too. And I say, you got any soda? <laughs> and I open up his fridge. And I swear to God, $25,000 worth of Atlant yeah. Atlantic City chips are in his fridge. And I go, what's this? He goes, oh, I won big. So why didn't you cash it in, buddy? He goes, um, well, I brought it here so I could talk to Bernie Brillstein to see how I don't have to pay taxes on it. <laughs> so I go, oh, and he goes, yeah, yeah so I'm going to bring it back Monday. And he told me no matter what, I got to pay taxes. So... You know, it didn't work out there. So whatever, I go, oh, that sucks. So I, anyways, I see him at Saturday Night Live on Monday. I go, did you cash that in? He goes, I lost it all. <laughs> I can't wait so to watch good. that. I, I miss Norm MacDonald. He was so good. So, uh, and speaking of which, for, for June on Netflix, I, it's going to be the Netflix is a Joke Festival. All those specials are going to pop up. So you're going to see the Amy Schumer, not right away, not on June 1st. They're all kind of, they scatter them throughout the month so it's uh pete davidson's amy schumer jane fonda and lily tomlin whom like i love those two they're great one of their specials is going to air david letterman himself has a special that's going to air so there's a few of those from the uh special festival that they had that'll be airing too and on that we will say have a great tuesday everybody thank you for downloading this episode of after nine we really appreciate it and we had a record-breaking month for downloads as the after nine army continues to grow we will catch you right back here tomorrow with another new episode in the meantime rate us if you could please five stars we'd love uh hit subscribe if you haven't already it's a great way to keep these episodes coming and there's a new update that just got released for apple podcast if okay. you're one of our apple users mm -hmm. you can control how many of the old episodes stay on your phone a lot easier oh. and you can free up some space so get rid of those old episodes make sure you download the daily episodes and we'll see you tomorrow bye season four of stranger things is out that's right in this season, uh, the gang tries to solve the big mystery of why they don't just move the hell out of that town. <laughs> Meanwhile, the new Obi-Wan Kenobi series just premiered on Disney+. Plus. That's right. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi got a spinoff while Jar Jar Binks is waiting by the phone like any minute now. <laughs> Costco has confirmed that despite inflation, they will not raise the price of their $1.50 hot dog and soda combination. Although it's a little concerning when the price of meat is going up, but Costco's like, not a problem. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.